Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, O Lord, now let your servant depart in heavenly peace, for I have seen the glory of your redeeming grace, a light to lead the Gentiles unto your holy hill the glory of your people, your chosen Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Mary is told by God the Holy Spirit through the mouth of Simeon that a sword shall pierce through her own soul. She would suffer because of her association with this child who was appointed for the fall and the rising of many. This sign, a sword that would pierce her, was so that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. The sword of God is a dangerous weapon. We are first introduced to it all the way back in the Garden of Eden, where God drove out man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. A sword guards because a sword threatens. A sword threatens because a sword cuts. A sword, when needed, can inflict great suffering. It can kill by cutting, by piercing the heart. And God has a sword that he uses for his purposes. Mary shall suffer. From the beginning to the end, her life is marked by suffering for the sake of Jesus. She conceives out of wedlock with the story of an angel and is met with disdain and disapproving looks from the crowds. She suffers. She watches the mob rise up against her son when he teaches in the synagogue. They try to throw him off a cliff in anger. Aren't you his mother, they say of her? What kind of man did you raise? No one understands her because no one understands him. And we see God piercing Mary again and again by bringing his son to her in her womb and her to his son at his cross, where the sword shall pierce him through and her soul as well. There at his cross, Mary kneels, suffering beyond words, None of it makes sense. 
No one understands. No, not one. Not even her. She cries out, Lord, why are you letting this happen? Oh God, my Lord, please. The thoughts from many hearts may be revealed there at the cross. To be associated with Jesus involves suffering. There's no other way. As St. Paul writes, From now on, let no one cause me any trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And Paul himself cried out, Lord, oh God, please remove this thorn from me. God said unto him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The word of God is a double-edged sword. Indeed, the word of God pierces to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And so when the people heard this word of God on the day of Pentecost, we are told that they were cut to the heart. The sword of God had found them. Their hearts rendered open before him, pierced. God made their hearts bleed through and brought them to nothing. Soren Kierkegaard once said, Have you not yourself experienced as I have, that when you perhaps began to moan, have already said, I can't take any more, and then the next day you were treated even more severely? What then? When horses groan and pant and feel exhausted, feel that a handful of oats was what was needed. But on the other hand, when with only a momentary halt, the heavily loaded wagon would roll back down the hill and perhaps plunge the horses and driver and everything down into the abyss. Is it cruel of the driver that the lashes fall dreadfully, as dreadfully as he never before had the heart to lash? especially this team of horses who are as dear to him as the apple of his eye. Is this cruel or is it kind? Is it cruel to be, if you please, cruel when it is unconditionally the only thing that can save from ruin and help pull through? The sword of God, that so pierces you, is a gracious working of the Holy Spirit to bring you to nothing, so that you say, along with the crowds before Peter and the rest of the apostles, and Mary before her Lord upon the cross, what shall we do? The crowd is told by God, the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of Peter on that day, repent, be baptized every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. For this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Dear saints, the suffering that you endure on account of being associated with Jesus, it is the very sword of God to discern the inner thoughts of man and to bring you ever closer to his cross and to his wounds. For through this sword, God brings peace.
peace. For out of his side comes water and blood when the sword pierced him through. And the flaming sword of Eden has been removed and the very windows and doors to paradise are burst open before you all by the lavish working of God's grace upon all who are enslaved by sin and doubt. Your bonds have been cut free and your sinful heart has been dashed to pieces. For God himself has cut out your heart of stone and given to you a new heart, a clean heart, and has renewed a right spirit within you and has given you a new mind that is not of this world, but one that discerns aright that Jesus is both Lord and Savior, who is risen from the dead. And who comes even today so that you, like Simeon, may take him up in your arms, filled with his peace, and sing. O Lord, now let your servant depart in heavenly peace. For I have seen the glory of your redeeming grace. I do lead the Gentiles unto your